Our God, as we come to your word this morning, may you prepare our hearts, help us to receive, may you break the hard and stony ground that may be in our hearts, help our unbelief. Father, may it please you to plant your word deep within us and cause it to bear fruit. Open up our ears to hear. Lead us in your truth. God, we long that you would show us Christ, that you would reveal your glory. God, where else can we go? And you alone have the words of eternal life. Come and speak, we pray, in Christ's name. Amen. This morning, I want to begin a a short four-week series on Sunday worship. So why do we do what we do on a Sunday morning? We will look at preaching, praying, singing, and the Lord's table. And suppose my goal for these few weeks is simply to show you that what we do on a Sunday morning is thoroughly biblical. And we're going to begin this morning with preaching because everything else we do on a Sunday morning flows from, or indeed should flow from, the Word of God. We meet as God's people to hear the Word, to pray the Word, to sing the word and to see the word. And that will be our structure over these next weeks. So I wonder this morning, do you want to hear from God? Well, I'm guessing the answer is yes. Perhaps even those who aren't Christian would say, well, if if God is there, yes, I want to hear from him. As God's people, we want God to speak to us. We want God to communicate with us. We want God to make himself known. And the good news is that God is a God who speaks. He is a God who communicates. And he does this primarily through the preaching of his word. This morning we want to consider what is preaching, why should we preach, uh, and then make some application um, for us. I don't have one specific text this morning, um, so bear with me, we're going to move about a lot, there's going to be a lot of Bible references, but as I said, my goal is that we really try together to build a strong biblical case for preaching the word of God. So firstly, what is preaching? Well, the word preach, or the word that we're, where we get our word preach, occurs 80 times in the New Testament. There are two main words used for the term preaching. These words mean to preach, to herald, to proclaim. 
So I'll give you some examples. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. As the angels appeared to the shepherds, um, the angels said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news. That's preach. I preach to you. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a saviour who is Christ the Lord. Just over a few pages, look for verse 18. Jesus here speaking, he's quoting Isaiah and making the point that the prophecy of Isaiah has been fulfilled in himself. Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim, that is, to preach good news to the poor. Romans 10, 14 to 15. Paul says, How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? Same word again. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Second Timothy 4.2 Paul, at this stage, almost at the end of his life, he's setting priorities for Timothy. He's preparing Timothy to continue to lead and shepherd God's people. And Paul commands Timothy, preach the word. So you can see from those few references that preaching is applied both to the gathered church, as we are just now, and to those who do not belong to the church, those who do not believe. We also can see in the, in the New Testament that teaching is a part of preaching. So, for example, Matthew 4, verse 23, and Jesus is at the early part of his ministry, and we read there that he went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming, preaching, the gospel of the kingdom. So there we see teaching and preaching together. Or Acts 5, 42, every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. So there again we see preaching and teaching together, but there is something distinct with them. Or again, Acts 15, and but Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. First Timothy 2, Paul says he was appointed an apostle, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. So we see teaching is clearly included in preaching, but preaching is more than teaching. Both those words 
um, used in the New Testament where we get our word preached, they both mean much more than the transfer of information. We would say that teaching is aimed at the head, whereas preaching is aimed at the heart. Teaching aims at just transferring knowledge. Preaching aims at the transformation of the person. So preaching should include application, taking the information, taking the knowledge, and explaining, directing how this applies to life. Uh, And we can see this as we follow on in the 2 Timothy 4 reference. So Paul commands Timothy, he says, preach the word. He says, be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. Okay, so you see, preaching includes teaching, yes, but it's much more. Now, what is the content of preaching to be? Well, the content of preaching is the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, this may have already been clear in the references so far, but allow me to direct you to a few more. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Again, Paul speaking. And Paul says, When I came to you, brothers... I did not come proclaiming, preaching to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Galatians 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Paul there referring to his preaching ministry among the Galatians. He was publicly portraying Christ to them. 2 Timothy 3, all scripture that is referring to Old and New Testament even as it was then. All scripture is breathed out by God. And it is after that that Paul says, preach the word, that is, preach all of scripture. Jesus himself said, Luke 24, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Jesus himself is saying, all scripture is about him. So the content of all preaching is Jesus Christ from the scriptures, both Old and New Testament. When writing to the Romans, Paul refers to the standard of teaching that they had committed themselves to. Paul told Timothy to guard what had been entrusted to him. Sound teaching, Paul says, about Jesus Christ. Even at this time, even in these early days of the church, there was preaching and teaching that was Christ-centered and there was preaching and teaching that was not. 
true biblical preaching is speaking Jesus Christ from the scriptures. That's what preaching is. That's what preaching is. So why preach today? Why preaching? A few reasons here. And there's one we will focus a little more on. Preaching has always been the pattern of God's people. I mean, go back even to the book of Deuteronomy, which is essentially a sermon delivered by Moses to the people of God as they prepare to enter the promised land. We think of Nehemiah 8, a significant time for God's people, and there we see them gathered together to hear the scriptures being read and taught and explained. We go into the New Testament and preaching was one of the marks of the New Testament church. Acts 2.42, God's people devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We've already read from Acts 5, every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. Paul commanded Timothy to preach. When God's people were gathered together, they came together primarily for the preaching of God's word. We preach today because it's always been the pattern of God's people. We preach today because it is a command from Jesus. Matthew 28, um, verse 18. Jesus came to his disciples and he said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, and Jesus sending them with his authority, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. Or at the end of Mark, Jesus says, Mark 16, Mark records, go into all the world and proclaim, that is, preach the gospel to the whole creation. So preaching has been the pattern of God's people. Preaching is a command from the Lord Jesus. And the one I want to think a little more about When God's word is spoken, powerful things happen. Now Genesis 1 is enough to show us the power and authority of God's spoken word. There's a repeated phrase in Genesis 1 that that we can't miss. And that phrase is, God said. God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters, and it was so. 
And God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God said, and it was so. God said, and it was so. The psalmist confirms this, we read at the beginning, by the word of the Lord, Psalm 33, the heavens were made. The writer to the Hebrews further confirms this, the power of God's word. He says, by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. And then we see in John 1 that the word of God became flesh. God speaks. God makes himself known. God reveals himself fully in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was on earth, he spoke with all the power and authority of God. You go through the Gospels and you see that Jesus taught as no one else taught. And you see the distinction between him and others was the authority with which he spoke. Jesus spoke and men left all and followed him. Jesus spoke and the sick were healed. Jesus Spoke, and the demon-possessed were freed. Jesus spoke, and the dead were raised to life. Jesus died. He was buried. Jesus was resurrected in the power of the Holy Spirit. He returned to heaven and then gave us the same Holy Spirit so that God's word would continue to be spoken in power and bring powerful change. And we think of Acts 2, God's people could not speak God's word until the Holy Spirit had been given to them. And then as they received the Holy Spirit and they preached God's word, that is Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit, that God brought salvation to 3,000 people. See, when God's word is spoken, powerful things happen. See, by preaching, because through preaching, God's power is at work. Why preaching? Because through preaching, God creates life and transforms life. God creates life. Again, we go to Scripture, Romans 1, 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Why? For it is the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. Again, in Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. 1 Corinthians 15, 11, Whether then it was I or they, Paul says, who was preaching, in a sense, was neither here nor there, but we preached, and so you believed. 
1 Peter 1.23, you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. God's preached word has the power to create new life. And God's preached word has the power to transform the life it has created. The reference that we just read from Peter, we continue there. So Peter says, you've been born again through the word of God. Then Peter says, like newborn infants, that is those who have been given new life, long for the pure spiritual milk, that is the word of God, that by it you may grow up into salvation. In Ephesians 4, God gives his church shepherds and teachers. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up, may be mature. 2 Timothy 3.16 again. We saw time, we've already seen a couple of times Timothy was, was commanded to preach the word. Why? Because that word is profitable for God's people to reproof and correct and to train in righteousness. Colossians 1.28 Him, that is Christ, we proclaim warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Why? So that we may present everyone mature in Christ. 2 Corinthians 3.18 We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. See, to preach is to speak, is to proclaim Jesus Christ, who is the glory of God. To to preach, in a sense, is to hold up the glory of the Lord. To listen is to behold, is to see his glory. God's people become glorious themselves through beholding glory. And when we behold the glory of God, we are drawn to worship God. Preach so that we might worship God. God's word is power to create life and transform life. Why preaching? Because through preaching, through the preaching of God's word, the elect are gathered and the church is built up, matured, transformed from glory to glory. Now let's make some application from these points this morning. Hopefully it's clear by now that we preach scripture and that means that scripture determines what we preach. 
we preach scripture. Okay? We, we don't preach topically. We don't preach reactionary, perhaps determining sermons by every news headline we hear. We don't preach what we believe people expect or even want to hear. We preach scripture, which will inevitably speak to all those things. Now, you'll know our pattern here is to preach through books of the Bible with one-offs such as the next few weeks. And I wholeheartedly believe that that is the best way to allow scripture to determine the direction of our church. So I'm not picking and choosing topics. I choose books of Scripture and it is Scripture then which determines the topics that we are faced with. And you will know too that the teaching and the preaching of Scripture is is the main part of our service. It takes the most time. Because everything else we do should be an extension of or an aid to better understanding Scripture. We come together on Sunday mornings primarily to be soaked in Scripture. If we want to see the power of God moving among us, we must be committed to the preaching of His Son and dependent upon His Holy Spirit. I think sometimes when we think of the Word of God, there can be a, a temptation to be all Word or all Spirit. So, the conservative among us, well, we know we should preach the Word. We know the Word is enough. And so, if we work hard enough and we study enough and we understand enough, Well, that is all we need. And the risk is then that we treat Scripture just really like any other document that we read to understand. But the other side, I guess, the other extreme, if you like, is that people who really long to see the Holy Spirit move, and so they begin to to stray from the preached word and engage in means other than the preached word to somehow encourage the Holy Spirit to move. And both sides need to hear this really clearly. The Holy Spirit works in power when the gospel is preached. The gospel will work in power when the Holy Spirit makes it effective. Listen to what one Dutch reformer said. He said, the word alone is insufficient to bring people to faith and repentance. John Owen said, without the Holy Spirit, we may as well burn our Bibles. I think Jesus would agree with these statements. Jesus himself said in John 6, 63, he says, It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. You see what he's saying? All our understanding, 
All our ability is no use if we don't have the Holy Spirit. Paul says to the Corinthians, he says they did not come to faith because of his ability to preach, but because of the Spirit of power. The Word of God and the Spirit of God work together to bring salvation. And we saw in 2 Corinthians 3 that we are transformed by beholding the glory of God in his word. And this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. So there again we see the word of God and the Spirit of God working together this time to bring transformation. And as we continue on into 2 Corinthians 4, we see that Satan's work is to veil the glory of God while the Holy Spirit works to reveal the glory of God. And so if we are really dependent upon the Spirit of God, then we will pray and we will plead for the Holy Spirit to work in power, shining the light of the glory of God in dark hearts. And we will pray for the Spirit of God to work transforming us into the image of God from one degree of glory to another. If you have been um, given a gift of preaching by God, hopefully you can see this morning you must use this. When I was at college, part of that was sermon workshop where you would preach and get some feedback. And I remember one of the lecturers making a very simple point one day, but it really stuck with me. He said, if you have been given a gift of preaching, then you use that. Okay, you just, you just do. It's black and white. If God gives you a gift of preaching, you use it. One big encouragement for me the past year has, has been the preaching class that Stephen has been um, running for us. It is just so, so good to see men from our church who love God's word and who want to be better equipped to handle God's word. It is so encouraging to hear men pray for themselves to be changed by God's word. And these guys that have committed to this group we have got to encourage them, all of us. We've got to give them opportunity to preach. And we've got to pray for them that the Spirit of God would develop those gifts and powerfully use the gift of preaching where it has been given to further the kingdom of God. When God speaks, great things happen. We celebrate 50 years of Forgotten Baptist this year. And as we look to the future, I know all of you, I know we all together, we long to see God move. We want to see God create new life 
We want to see God transform lives. And if this is what we want, then we need to continue to commit ourselves to the preaching of God's word. And we need to continue to be dependent upon the Spirit of God. And we need to expect great things. Let us pray together. Father, what a privilege it has been again this morning to meet around your word. We are in awe of the power of your word. Um, to speak this world into being and um, to bring life where there was no life. God, to thank you, you've shown us clearly that your word works in power with your Holy Spirit. And God, as we look ahead and look to the future together here in Craigavon, we do long for you to move. We long to see you create new life and to transform life. So God, as we commit ourselves to the preaching of your word, may your Holy Spirit move in power, convicting men and women of sin and righteousness. May your Holy Spirit shine the light of the glory of God in dark hearts. God, may your Holy Spirit transform each of us from within, that others would see the very power of God at work within us. Father, move among us, we pray. Glorify yourself. In Christ's name, amen.